Hi everybody, my name is Robert Kolke and this is... Spanglish. <laughs> yes, and I'm here today with my lovely co-host, uh, Hitomi. So, Hitomi, uh, you are the Spanish speaker in this uh, podcast and I am the English speaker. And we uh, do a bilingual podcast for those people who are trying to learn Spanish and English. And hopefully, if you're here, uh, you've seen the last three episodes that we've uh, done. And, you know, we're trying to increase the uh, viewership. So you need to smash that like button, as they say <laughs> in the YouTube. And we also need you to share and give us a five-star rating on whatever uh, podcast uh, catcher that you're listening to this on. Sí, también déjenos comentarios, eh, compártanos con sus amigos porque les puede ayudar a ustedes, así como sus amigos, eh, mejorar su... Eh, mejorar eh, sus habilidades de escuchar otro idioma, mejorar sus habilidades de tal vez comentar en nuestros eh, podcasts, y también no se olviden de ponerle like o me gusta a todos nuestros podcasts que solo agradeceríamos de todo corazón. Yeah, and so today's topic is where do you start if you're trying to learn a foreign language? Obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably have already started to learn a foreign language. You probably are fluent in either English or Spanish. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't uh, attempt a bilingual podcast. But the, you know, we're going to go through some of the ideas that we have for how to get started in language and how I get started when I start teaching somebody. And I just wanted to ask you the same kind of thing. Uh, he told me, what do you do when you want to start learning a foreign language? Uh, What's the first thing you do? Mm -hmm. Primero, uh, si me gusta el idioma. Mm -hmm. Eh, por muchos años no me gustó inglés, creía que era muy difícil, uh -huh. pero después cuando comencé a ver eh, videos, uh -huh. sobre todo en YouTube, uh -huh. eh, me comenzó a interesar, uh -huh. no tanto por el idioma, pero más por el contenido. I see. Uh -huh. So you learned English as a tool to do things in your life. Exacto. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I had, like, I had one of my best friends, he was a Mongolian kid, his name was Ujim, and uh, he, uh, when I asked him, because he spoke really good English, and I said, mm -hmm. do you like English? He says, not very much. And he said, what, what is your deal then? Why do you mm -hmm. study English? And he says, I study English because it's a tool, mm -hmm. and it's, and, and like, I just need it because I need to do things. And, like, and, and the, the, the information I need in, in my language is not available. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, that's an interesting thing. And like, as a native speaker of English, I definitely uh, would say that that's your English privilege right there. I mean, like we really uh -huh. do get to understand everything in, mm -hmm. in English mostly. But I found that actually there's a lot of things that you can learn outside of English that's really beautiful and really important. Yeah, man. Like, my view of the world is so different because I listen to Spanish history. Uh -huh. I listen to, like, um, histor historical uh -huh. programs in Spanish because uh -huh. the take on a lot of the stuff is way different than the oh. take that we get in English. Uh -huh. So if you want to get a really good understanding of, like, 
you know, different uh, people like Che Guevara, mm-hmm. different people, depending on what country you, you're, mm-hmm. you're listening to it from, it's very different, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's where you can learn a lot more history than what has been translated into English mm-hmm. for, you know, Anglos or, you know, English speakers mm-hmm. that they, to be able to... La to manera que lo interiorizamos. Right, and the mm-hmm. way that you internalize it, yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Um, so that is one of the reasons I, I really like to learn foreign languages. I mean, mm-hmm. like, the amount of history we learn about Japan mm-hmm. when we learn Japanese exactly. is totally different than what, you know, is presented in the, uh-huh. in the, in, in the West. So, exactly. right, there's a lot of things, the cultural things, uh-huh. you just can't understand different cultures until uh-huh. you understand the language. So, y al revés también, no puedes entender un lenguaje sin entender la cultura. That's exactly right. Well, mm-hmm. there's a lot of debate to that, and I think that the debate is very strongly on the side of, I mean, like, the best arguments I find mm-hmm. are, are that you cannot understand culture without understanding the language, and mm-hmm. also understanding the language without understanding the culture. They're both quite, uh, mm-hmm. you know, important to learning uh, a language. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Una cosa que me pasó cuando estaba aprendiendo portugués es porque es muy similar al español. Uh-huh. Lo conseguía entender casi perfectamente, pero no entendía lo que las personas estaban refiriendo de lo que estaban hablando hasta no entender la cultura, right. no ver la misma, los mismos programas, no hablar sobre los mismos programas de televisión o música. Uh-huh. Oh, son algunas cosas culturales que ellos usan bastante. Hasta no entender eso, no llegué a entender eh, totalmente el portugués. Yeah, there are so many things like that in English, I think, as well. Like, there's so much pop culture ah, that exacto. if you don't understand, you, you miss the entirety of the joke or, the, uh-huh. you know, whatever anything means. You have to know all this history just to be able to get the, mm-hmm. the jokes. And yeah, that's my big blind spot in Spanish and in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. In Spanish, it's horrible because um, there's there's certain figures in Spanish history that I understand really well mm-hmm. and others that I, I've never even heard of. Mm-hmm. For example, if you talk about Pablo Escobar, then I can kind of get something because I watched uh-huh. all of the Narcos series. But again, that's not really history. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> but when I watched El Chapo, that was like uh, uh, that mm-hmm. was pretty good too. I got a lot of, uh, of kind of more of a historical understanding mm-hmm. of, you know, the way things were. And I was I was really shocked. I think this is one thing, like, Americans, they just really, they, they don't have this concept of mm-hmm. why people, some people come to the United uh-huh. States from South America. They say, like, oh, you should just stay in your country. They, they don't realize that this drug war that the United States has uh-huh. been, you know, doing is, like, that's where we're talking. If we're talking about systemic racism, like, that's one uh-huh. huge piece of systemic uh-huh. racism that people just t- tend to ignore uh-huh. is this drug war that's down in South America and like mm-hmm. the amount of dead that are you know associated with this it's, it's crazy mm-hmm. it's like worse than some of the uh, the wars in the Middle East like when it comes to like Whoa. body count mm-hmm. it's just really quite crazy mm-hmm. so um, yeah when I was watching uh, El Chapo that's when I got a big idea like a big understanding or mm-hmm. quite uh, you know strong understanding of what mm-hmm. is going on or had been going on for mm-hmm. so much time and probably is still going on mm-hmm. where innocent people that have nothing to do with the cartels mm-hmm. are getting caught up into that and of course the only real uh, way for them to get mm-hmm. to safety is to move to the United States because Exacto. that's where there's actually some kind of security where uh-huh. you know uh, you know until recently you, you know you could really count on the, mm-hmm. the rule of law and mm-hmm. that's like they really really needed that mm-hmm. so you know it wasn't like 
you know, different kinds of corruption mm -hmm. taking place that, that was making it really uh -huh. bad for them. So, Exacto. Yeah. Es muy importante aprender la cultura sobre otro, de otros países, mm -hmm. incluso lo que llamamos pop culture, mm -hmm. que, es sobre, que es sobre aprender la música que está de moda, mm -hmm. la ropa que está de moda, o los chistes que están de moda, para entender un poco más a la persona, incluso para tener de qué hablar con las personas. Right, so you uh -huh. just don't even have a topic to talk about if you, if you don't know the uh -huh. culture that's going on. Uh -huh. So yeah, there's so much that you learn, you know, history, culture, and all of these things when you start studying uh -huh. another language. And every language, the, the, the take on it is from the perspective uh -huh. of the country or the, you know, the people who wrote it. Uh -huh. It's very much that perspective is, is going to be different than uh -huh. if you get it at like a translation of it or interpretation uh -huh. of it in another language. Incluso tenemos palabras, incluso en japonés, que cuando las traducimos al inglés o al español no tienen el mismo significado. I think we get a lot of those from <laughs> Spanish to English too. También. <laughs> right? There's like one that's like, I think of, the one that comes to my mind first in Spanish is um, aguantar. Aguantar. Uh -huh. Right? I don't really have a good way of saying that in English. Oh. It's like to stand it or to... To hold it? Yeah, but it's not that <laughs> meaning, right? It doesn't really uh -huh. mean that. It means like to 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 take it. It's uh -huh. like when you take it on the chin. Like, I don't know how... Like, mm -hmm. we can't say it with just one word. We have to like, you know, uh -huh. describe the, the situation yeah. in English. Uh -huh. And so like... So like, he... he I, no aguanto más. Like, uh -huh. I can't take it anymore mm -hmm. is like what we would say so mm -hmm. to take something anymore uh -huh. is kind of like the, uh, the, the uh -huh. way that it works out and so it's like there's a lot of words that are really hard even even with that explanation it's still not the exact uh -huh. feeling that i get when when, uh -huh. when i get it uh, when, when i say that otra cosa importante eh, es aprender el significado emocional de las personas de, de las palabras yeah there's such mm -hmm. a different emotional uh -huh. feeling to it like one of the words that's like the worst that for this i think is like eh, este me molesta like that is that spanish word uh -huh. like when we think about that in english it's like like that molests me that's like <laughs> that's like like it, it's obviously a false cognate uh -huh. right but like that's how you just say like you bother somebody Yeah. And in Portuguese, mm -hmm. it's also not, like, uh -huh. it's not the same as Spanish. So, Exacto. So I actually made a big mistake with that word, uh -huh. where I was like, ah, no, no le quiero molestar. And the girl was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so it's like, her, like, what are you, you freak? You know, like that. And I was like, mm -hmm. but, I was like, I mean, I don't want to bother you. I, uh -huh. I had to switch to English just mm -hmm. so that, like, we could understand each other. Because Portuguese, mm -hmm. they just say incomodar, which uh -huh. also exists in Spanish. Yes. So it's like, what's up, Spanish? Uh -huh. <laughs> But like in Spanish, it's not even even a thing. Uh -huh. So it's really weird like that. Mm -hmm. um, Exacto. Yeah. Otra cosa que, eh, una cosa que aprendí recientemente mm -hmm. es cuando las personas dicen, I see. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. So what is that? Uh, en español uh -huh. sería, uh, oh, ya veo. Ya veo. Uh -huh. Pero en español a veces suena muy fuerte. Oh, es really? Es como que, al menos para mí, es uh -huh. como que diciendo, como si hubieras hecho algo malo. Oh, ya veo. Ah, I uh -huh. see. Because for me, in Spanish uh -huh. and in English, it's pretty much the same. Uh -huh. Yeah. 
But I think I see but, in... but I think in Spanish you say entendido it, uh-huh. a lot of times uh-huh. instead of saying I see. Uh-huh. Right? Cuando oh, dices, oh, I see. Ya veo. Uh-huh. Ah, I see. Uh-huh. And it's like, ah, ya entendido. Uh-huh. Yeah, entendí, entendí. So it's like that. So that's interesting for me, like the way that those kind of uh-huh. words kind of work out in, in the language. Uh-huh. But we're talking about where you actually, actually start. If you're beginning from, from zero. Zero. Right. What, what is the, the, the form? It's like you teach, right? Uh-huh. You're a teacher. Okay. And it, for anybody that wants classes with Hitomi, she does classes online. And if somebody's looking for a good English teacher, Spanish teacher, do you teach Japanese as well? No, creo que es mi japonés es todavía muy básico para eso. I see, I see. Well, I will teach Japanese and I will teach English and I teach Spanish and I I will even teach Portuguese to beginners. Uh-huh. Um, and so if you are interested in those things, I don't teach as much nowadays. Actually, what I do is um, uh, there's something that's called like an educational um consultant. Uh. That's right. So if you're having trouble with your child not being able to read or not mm-hmm. learning something and you understand that they might have a learning disability, mm-hmm. I can actually help you to, mm-hmm. you know, realize what the best course of action might be mm-hmm. um, from, you know, you not knowing to how do you start? What's mm-hmm. the process? Where do you need to go to find out? Mm-hmm. And then how that's going to work with schools, because actually schools being closed all over the world uh, because exactly. of coronavirus is being you know this is really necessary for a lot of people mm-hmm. so if you're hearing this and you know you're like okay i do speak spanish i do speak portuguese i do uh-huh. speak you know uh, japanese so if you need it in any of those languages i'm happy to help you with that um claro. roberto es uno de los mejores educadores que he conocido en japón entonces si tienes algún problema con tu hijo o algún familiar o incluso tú mismo puedes contactarlo Yeah. En su Facebook o en cualquier de sus, socia- uh, de sus redes sociales. Yeah, so like the big ones I have are, are um, Facebook, where I've got like a lot of pages and different things, but Ro- Roberto uh, Colqui, mm-hmm. C-O-L-Q-U-I, is the my my name on Facebook, and that's the best way to, to mm-hmm. contact me. Another one is um, uh, Rob English Now. Mm-hmm. It, that's on um, Instagram. And I, I'm on that one a lot as well. So those uh-huh. are the two platforms I, I'm, I'm on. Where are you at? It, how can we get uh, in touch with, with you? My page on Instagram, which is more personal. But I also have a page on Facebook. You can look at it as Hitomi Oshiro. If you have any message, you can write it there. Okay, and we'll put our links in the show notes just in case you need to. Uh, you want to look at that. Sí. So... Um, As far as starting from nothing in the language, mm-hmm. um, getting a teacher is important. But mm-hmm. even before that, I guess it's understanding that it's going to be a big change in your life. Uh-huh. So you've got to be prepared to mm-hmm. actually have a, a big change in your life. Mm-hmm. I remember when I studied Japanese, my Japanese professor in college, he says to me, he says to the whole class, mm-hmm. he says, I only have one mission in this class. Mm-hmm. And it's not to teach you Japanese, it's to change your life. And it's like, now mm-hmm. I live in Japan. I've been here for 20 years. And it's all <laughs> your fault, Dr. Sullivan. I don't think he's a doctor. I think he's like a, a Professor Stol- <laughs> Sullivan. It's all your fault. But no, actually, I, I'm actually really happy that, that I made the choice to, to come mm-hmm. to Japan. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a re- really great adventure for me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that is what happens when you start 
mm-hmm. you know, learning a language. Your whole life will change. Uh-huh. Have you had that kind of experience as well? Uh, bueno, yo crecí en una familia que era japonés, que es japonesa. Uh-huh. Entonces tu, tuve bastante de cuando era pequeña no saber palabras en español. Oh, really? Sobre ciertas cosas. Uh-huh. Y, y como el, el japonés de mis, de mis abuelos, de mi mamá, era de segunda, otra tercera generación. Uh-huh. Y hablaban bastante eh, los términos de Okinawa, que en tu caso podría ser el quecho. Ah, sí. Uh-huh. Right. Entonces, hablamos bastante y a veces yo llegaba a la escuela y decía una cosa, por ejemplo, <risa> ah, um, me acuerdo que una vez estaba pidiendo por mi almohada. Ajá. Uh-huh. Y yo decía, Makura, Makura. I see. Uh-huh. Makura. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in my case, actually, um, there was a, there's one word that was really interesting. My dad used to say in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Quechua, he used to say, Chakwish. Uh-huh. He referred, referring to my mom. Uh-huh. And, like, he told her it, like, means, like, nice, nice lady, <laughs> right? But it means old lady. Oh. So, like, you know, so, like, you know, it was, like, a, it was a, uh-huh. it was a really bad, like, uh-huh. thing. Because, you know, like, my brother, I think he used to call his wife Chuck Wish for oh. a long time. But, like, and she, he's like, it means nice lady. That's like, babe, uh-huh. no, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, so that's the kind of thing that happens there. Uh-huh. Um, when it comes to... Um, learning a, a, a language, I think that first you have to understand that it's going to be a change in your life. Uh-huh. And the second point that you need to understand is, you know, if what, what your goal is with uh-huh. the language. Because if you have a clear goal, like you want to be like a native speaker of it, that's a good goal. Like, I mean, if you want to be on that kind of level, but you have to, you know, then really embrace that path. Uh-huh. And, you know, if you just want to get fluency to be able to communicate and to be able to, to do things, uh-huh. then that is a different path than uh-huh. when, when it comes to, like, being completely fluent or that. I don't think those are, those are paths that, uh, that are the same at all. Uh-huh. I think that you can get to that point where you can actually feel confident in the language to be able to do most things. Uh-huh. And that's a good place. That's where I try to get to in all my languages. It's uh-huh. just to get to where I can actually um, use the technique of what we call circumlocution which means we talk about something uh-huh. in the language until we can understand uh-huh. until the other person can understand uh-huh. it so we don't actually say the the exact word because we uh-huh. don't know it then we talk about it along uh-huh. until the person understands what we're saying oh, okay uh-huh. and, and the term for that is circumlocution uh-huh. and so we use this uh, as a technique to to improve our ability to uh-huh. uh, in in a language And, and that's, once I can accomplish circumlocution in a language, I'm done. I, I actually stop now <laughs> because I don't have time. I want to uh-huh. go to another language and start studying that. Uh-huh. But if you really want to go all the way to the deep end with uh-huh. the language, that's a different story. Uh-huh. That's where you need to learn how to write. That's where you need to learn how to do reading uh-huh. and you need to read a lot of books and do a lot of that, that kind of research. Uh-huh. Um, But when you start learning a language, you start by just listening to YouTube and going uh-huh. that direction. Creo que, eh, creo que cuando estuve en la escuela, uh-huh. nunca creí que hubiera sido posible yo hablar. Eh, actualmente hablo cuatro idiomas. Uh-huh. Eh, cuando estaba en la secundaria, uh-huh. no creía que algún día yo llegaría a hablar tantos idiomas. Right. That mm-hmm. makes sense. I actually I was told when I was in in school, not to study other languages uh-huh. by by educators in my school, mm-hmm. 
they were like, you need to focus on your English because your English is really poor. Because I had uh-huh. bad grades in English. Uh-huh. And it wasn't, I mean, there's a, there's a reason for that. It's because I'm, I'm dyslexic and uh-huh. reading and writing are really a pain for me. Like, uh-huh. it's, it's like something I really don't like doing. Mm-hmm. And luckily, um, I ignored them <laughs> and started studying Spanish. Uh-huh. And then really got uh, comfortable in Spanish. I still am dyslexic. I still spell things incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Still make B's into D's uh, in my head. You know, it's like this. The hardest thing is actually when I'm writing on a on a whiteboard or a chalkboard. Uh-huh. Is like in the moment I'm gonna write any word with a B or a D in it. I don't know what's gonna come uh-huh. out of my hand. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> until after it's written down, and so I have to have my eraser really close by uh-huh. just to erase it and write it again. <laughs> And sometimes I will, I will write things up on the board and, and my students will look at that and uh-huh. they'll say like, um, I think you mean that's dog, right? Uh-huh. Not bog. And I was like, yeah, 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 that's dog. <laughs> I'll quickly go in there. It's really, that's the most painful thing for me actually to, uh-huh. in, in uh, languages is to read it and write it. Uh-huh. And, you know, it doesn't really get any better with Japanese because kanji is so hard for me yeah, and, 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 and those kind of things as well. But what I would say... Um, when I teach a language, and, and when mm-hmm. you teach a language, what's the first thing that you want your le- uh, learners to... Uh, me gusta más comenzar por eh, lo que es listening, que es escuchar. Uh-huh. Porque creo que es, es el primer paso. Aprender a escuchar la lengua, uh-huh. cómo se pronuncia, cómo las personas eh, entonan la le- el lenguaje y acostumbrarte a escucharlo. Porque creo que el primer paso es pasar ese bloqueo de frustración right. de no so, entender la lengua. And I agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a great method to get through that frustration. I think we talked a little bit about that in the last mm-hmm. podcast. It's just, you have, um, you have a kind of a, I mean, like the word that comes to mind is un plazo. You have a, a, a space in time. Uh-huh. Uh, you have a space in time where your your mind is um, getting frustrated with a new language. Mm-hmm. And that is super important mm-hmm. that you go through that uh-huh. time in the language, that, that space where mm-hmm. you're actually uh, learning to, um, to get over that uh-huh. feeling of uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people... When they start the language, they get into that uncomfortable mm-hmm. zone and then they crack and uh-huh. they run from uh-huh. the language. They say, oh, I'll never get this because they just get into that mm-hmm. frustration. So once you get into that frustration stage and you pass through that, uh-huh. then you can start actually learning Exacto. the language. Mm-hmm. So for everybody out there who is listening to me speak English really fast in this podcast and it's really annoying, <laughs> um, please understand that that's where you're going to have to break through. Uh-huh. So uh, what do you think about that? And Is that what you're trying to say with this uh, Exactamente. Lo right. que intento decir es que si, las, si pasamos ese nivel de frustración y decimos, no, estoy entendiendo una palabra. Dos palabras. Eso me pasa con el francés. A ver, el otro día puse una noticia en francés. No entendí, entendí qué, de lo que trataba la noticia porque era un video. Y entendí una o dos palabras y decía, hmm, francés no es tan difícil. <risa> right. es, It's all about the attitude. Uh-huh. Right. 
eh, entrenar tu mente a, a decir, oh, esto no es tan difícil y ir por ese proceso. En, por ejemplo, para mí me gusta aprender las cosas eh, más lento. Uh -huh. Ir lentamente y hasta llegar a un punto y decir, oh, eh, sé hablar este idioma. Right. And uh -huh. I think that's actually one pathway uh -huh. to doing it. And I'm actually, that's the normal pathway which I go through, is uh -huh. I go through that kind of more natural more picking up the language uh -huh. other, rather than studying a language. Uh -huh. When I put my effort into studying a language, uh -huh. it almost always fails. <laughs> But when I put my effort into picking up a language, uh -huh. like I'm almost like, I mean, like always successful uh -huh. with that. And it's interesting because I didn't really study Chinese, uh -huh. but I started trying to pick it up uh -huh. by just like listening to uh -huh. things. And I, I didn't really study too much. And then I would find people who were Chinese when I was living in, in the United States. And every time I'd find somebody who's Chinese, I'd use all the Chinese I knew <laughs> on them uh -huh. at, at the time. And then I'd try to get them to speak to me in Chinese. Mm -hmm. and, and it was interesting because then I could pick up a mm -hmm. bit of Chinese that, bit by bit. And the same is true with uh, with Portuguese. I would just uh, dive in and start speaking to them in Spanish, and what mm -hmm. we call like portuñol. Uh -huh. You know, we would really start talking talking to them in like this uh, uh, mixed Portuguese mm -hmm. Spanish thing, where they understand me because I'm using, uh, you know, words that they understand, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to use the the grammar and uh -huh. the um, you know, the articles and the and, and the way mm -hmm. that they're spoken in Portuguese. And then eventually I picked that up as uh -huh. well. Uh, with uh, Italian, I haven't been able to pick it up uh, uh -huh. because I haven't actually done it, but I've studied it a lot. And with French, I totally just try to pick it up uh -huh. by watching movies and doing exactly. those kind of things. And so the... Um, and, and with Japanese, it was the same. I, I uh -huh. studied like crazy at the, in the beginning. Uh -huh. And then I was able to pick up uh -huh. bit by bit once I moved to Japan. Uh -huh. And by, you know, making a, mm -hmm. we call it an immersion pool. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what the term immersion pool means, we get into a space where everybody around us is speaking the language. Exactly. So when I was in college and, and studying Japanese, mm -hmm. I, uh, my friend and I, we made an immersion pool for us for Japanese. So mm -hmm. we would hang around with all Japanese um, mm -hmm. students all the time. And that was a lot of fun. I, some of my best memories were hanging out with the mm -hmm. Japanese students. In that time mm -hmm. and that's how I I've, uh, worked with with languages mm -hmm. studied Mongolian for like now it's been like three four years I can barely Whoa. say like three <laughs> words at all like I uh -huh. cannot do anything with Mongolian uh -huh. it's because I never mm -hmm. get to be around a big group of Mongolians mm -hmm. speaking all the time and so usually I go like every two years I've been mm -hmm. going to Mongolia And this was supposed to be the year that I was going to go two years in a row. And I was like really excited to, to, uh -huh. to, to the, improve my Mongolian. Mm -hmm. Then COVID-19 took that away from me. But, and the uh -huh. same with Italian. I was like, I've always, okay, this is where I'm going to get in there. I'm going to actually speak with Italians mm -hmm. for, for like a month and a half. Uh -huh. It's going to be all in, in Italian. And I'm mm -hmm. really going to pick it up. Didn't happen. And yeah, this is, this is the kind of sad things that happen. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the way that it, uh, the cookie mm -hmm. crumbles actually. Incluso cuando yo estaba aprendiendo japonés, mi nivel de japonés no es muy bueno, pero consigo vivir. Uh -huh. En Japón consigo tener amigos japoneses. Uh -huh. Entonces, cuando estaba en Perú, estudié un año, pero creo que he aprendido más en este tiempo viviendo aquí uh -huh. 
que lo que he aprendido en una ola de clases. Right, mm -hmm. right. So that's the other point is like, but eventually you're going to be in class and as a teacher, you kind of think about what you want to teach and in your case, you want to get them, the first thing you do is try to get them exposed to the language uh -huh. exactly. in that way. And one of the things I do, I also do that, but I, that, I try to get that as like a homework uh, thing for all students mm -hmm. to do. But I also really like to go through the parts of speech mm -hmm. and, and teach all of the parts of speech. Mm -hmm. And then from there, once I've taught all the parts of speech, I really push hard mm -hmm. to do the first 50 um, nouns, mm -hmm. first 50 verbs. So where they're gonna like I taught them what the parts of speech are, mm -hmm. and then I tr like have a certain number of uh -huh. those parts of speech for uh -huh. them to use, and it ends up being around uh, at the end of the day it ends up being right around five hundred words that mm -hmm. they have to learn. So they learn the first five hundred words of the language, mm -hmm. um, and so they learn the first uh, fifty nouns, the first fifty verbs, mm -hmm. the first fifty uh, uh, adjectives, mm -hmm. the first fifty um, adverbs. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the most important pronouns, mm -hmm. the most important prepositions, uh -huh. uh, and the most important conjunctions. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, then they have a pretty good idea mm -hmm. about the language. And then, uh, so it's quite helpful at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, if they've, they've gotten that far, then they can really mm -hmm. uh, start to learn. So. Claro, aprender al, eh, las palabras principales para poder comunicarte mm -hmm. con las personas. Otra cosa también que es vencer lo que sería en español la vergüenza mm -hmm. en una de las palabras eh, slangs peruanos mm -hmm. eh, falta ah yeah that's right you guys have the word falta vencer la falta Ven uh -huh. vencer la falta uh -huh. in, we, in, in real Spanish <laughs> they would say, I'm sorry Peruvians I'm, I'm, I'm Peruvian myself so. <laughs> but in real Spanish you say vergüenza right? uh -huh, claro. and so in vergüenza it would be like uh, for anybody who doesn't know what that word means Uh, it is that uh, you you feel like you are ashamed or uh -huh. you feel um, like you can't uh, you know bashful you're, you're feeling bashful uh -huh. uh, to, to speak and so yeah killing the the, the bashful nature uh -huh. that's, that's inside of you and killing that you know that uh, self-consciousness uh -huh. that we have is really important for being able to get started uh -huh. in the language And so what would be, do you have any techniques for getting over bashfulness uh, for, you know? Para vencer la vergüenza? Yeah. Uh, normalmente, uh, no tengo mucha vergüenza hablar con personas. Mm -hmm. Incluso, no sé francés, y mm -hmm. si, ve, si me presentan a una persona que habla francés, eh, voy a decir, oh, oh, asante. Ah, uh, yeah, there you go. You're going to just start, uh -huh. right? But so so you don't have any particular techniques that you would use for that per se, just going up uh -huh. and actually trying. Yeah. Uh, outside uh -huh. of that, what I came up with as kind of a technique is go and talk and just force yourself to talk in uh -huh. the mirror. Hmm, that's interesting. And that that really quite helps. Uh -huh. If you just force yourself to talk in the mirror, uh -huh. and it really is embarrassing to be honest. <laughs> exactly. Like when, when you're out there, but. But it really helps you to confront that embarrassment, like, uh -huh. head on. Uh -huh. And then, like, once you've been able to talk in the mirror for about, you know, 
uh, five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, just you're talking to yourself in the mirror in a foreign language, then you kind of feel like, okay, it's not so bad. Uh-huh. Another thing I, I, I find that really helps people out is um, speech contests. So if you can get involved in a speech contest, mm-hmm. clearly this year it's <laughs> there's probably not going to be a lot of speech contests. Uh, Zoom. <laughs> yeah, no. um, but if you can get involved in a speech contest where you can uh, be able to give a speech uh-huh. and you know you prepare it and you you watch some TED talks and mm-hmm. see how people do give speeches and then exactly. you you improve your ability to to give mm-hmm. a speech. What that's like doing that what what that's akin to mm-hmm. is when for myself i i do cycling so mm-hmm. when i have a, a race coming up mm-hmm. i push myself really hard before uh-huh. the race i you know train different parts of my body mm-hmm. to, so that i can get it. i you know i start riding every day mm-hmm. I'm, when i do like a cyclist uh, racing mm-hmm. i do that and when you have that on your schedule that's a really good way mm-hmm. uh, to improve yourself and I find that if you're living in Japan, you have the TOEIC test. Exactly. And if, you, if you're preparing for TOEIC or IELTS or TOEFL, mm-hmm. if you're preparing for those, then you really have a, a, a good chance mm-hmm. of improving your, your, your language. Would you agree with that? Right. Uh, so, right. You've mm-hmm. signed up for a, 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 uh-huh. a, a speech contest, or you signed up for one mm-hmm. of these tests. Then, claro. You know, then you can go up and, uh-huh. and, and attack that test. Claro, es una buena manera. Sobre todo si si te gusta tener algún certificado o te gusta challenge. Right, it's a reto, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, it's a, retarte. It's like, right. So if you love to take take that challenge uh-huh. and go and do something, that is where you're gonna actually have the success. Uh huh. Exactly. Really, when you push that that, mm-hmm. that that challenge to to come mm-hmm. after it, um, that that's I, I find that that's uh, mm-hmm. where you're gonna have the the greatest improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't challenge yourself in some way, in some aspect. Uh-huh. It it just doesn't get done. I think uh-huh. that's what I'm finding with Italian. I I I, I uh-huh. haven't had like an actual, like, challenge where I actually mm-hmm. have to to use it, mm-hmm. and that's why I've been pretty stagnant. Mm-hmm. With Mongolian, it's the same thing because it's like, in on a daily basis, I don't need it, and when I go to mm-hmm. Mongolia Bite Challenge, all all I need to do is know how to say is like Sambanu, which is says hello. Uh-huh. When I see people, uh-huh, like, I don't exactly. see very many Mongolians when I'm there. Uh-huh. And if I can just say, you know, a very small language, mm-hmm. then it's it's useful. But in the future, I want to really get uh, strong in mm-hmm. Mongolian. It's it's a really pretty language, mm-hmm. and it uh, it is uh, it's got such a cool script. Mm-hmm. And, like not talking about the Russian characters because it's uh-huh. written with with uh, with the uh, same uh, Cyrillic alphabet, uh-huh. but it it uh, has its own script as well. Uh-huh. And like that's kind of like my you know, mm-hmm. kind of dream <laughs> just to learn how to write. Sale muy interesante. Una cosa que quiero bastante hacer es vivir eh, un mes o dos meses tal vez en Francia. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. Y estudiar el idioma, vivir. Porque mm. encuentro el francés muy, un idioma bonito, interesante. No, yeah, it is. Uh-huh. I, I love French. And I, I, again, one of my long-term, you know, goals it would be to... Uh, get some French mm-hmm. uh, time 
you know, I, I actually learned my French from African uh, exchange students in uh -huh. the United States. And so, yeah, they were from Togo and from, uh -huh. uh, I think there's one from Cote d'Ivoire, mm -hmm. uh, Ivory Coast. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that, that was when I, I was learning mm -hmm. my um, uh, French from mm -hmm. those guys. And it was really fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Y otra cosa de las que quiero aprender es porque encuentro eh, de... En mi caso, hablo varios idiomas y consigo comunicarme con casi eh, el 100% de las personas, o el 50%. Ah, uh, yeah. Entonces, cuando encuentro una persona que no sabe hablar en inglés o que no sabe hablar en español, mm -hmm. es una situación muy frustrante para mí. Sí. Pero, sí, si hablan portugués, español o inglés, Korean, but it, it's 
evidently it's really similar to Japanese mm-hmm. too. So if you've actually learned Japanese quite well, then mm-hmm. Korean's another uh, uh-huh. cool step to take. Tal vez sería un gol en el futuro. Yeah, yeah, why not? Uh-huh. Uh, do you speak any Okinawan? Uh, no, porque incluso en Okinawa um, había diferentes dialectos, incluso en diferentes distritos uh-huh. hablan diferentes dialectos. Uh-huh. Entonces, por ejemplo, el dialecto de mi abuela no es el mismo del dialecto de mi abuelo. Ah, sí. Uh-huh. Pero cuando era más pequeña, entendía. Si mi abuelo me decía, cierra la puerta en Okinawa, yo iba y cerrar la puerta. Ah, sí. Uh-huh. Yeah, I used to know so much more Quechua uh-huh. when my dad was uh, trying to teach me Quechua uh-huh. uh, as a child. And he would count in Quechua occasionally. Uh-huh. And he would he would like say jokes to his uh-huh. brothers and stuff in, in Quechua. Uh-huh. And it seemed like just such a fun language because uh-huh. they would just laugh. They would just start uh-huh. talking in Quechua and they'd just laugh. And I thought, wow, that's a really fun thing. Uh-huh. It's like I was trying to listen to it because I thought, oh, they must be speaking in Spanish. Uh-huh. But it's like, that's not Spanish. Uh-huh. And like, there's sometimes Mexicans around and they, they couldn't understand <laughs> it all either. And they're like, what are they speaking? And they're, uh-huh. like, oh, they're speaking in Quechua. And that was always funny because they would just laugh the whole time. Sí, intenta, eh, si nos estás escuchando, intenta hablar un idioma uh-huh. diferente que nadie habla, que no sea inglés o español en frente de, de en algún país uh-huh. donde no lo habla. Y es muy interesante porque tiene cierta libertad de hablar cualquier <laughs> cosa. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Have, And I've had, like, a lot of people get really upset mm-hmm. about um, people speaking in another language uh-huh. in, you know, a situation where mm-hmm. everybody doesn't speak the same language. Uh-huh. And they really feel, like, uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And I've actually, I understand the feeling. Mm-hmm. So I try to either, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tell everybody, look, I'm going to talk to uh-huh. different people in different languages and we're not talking bad about you uh-huh. guys uh, but it doesn't work uh-huh. even even if I do that there, there's, they always feel like it's like why are you speaking this like other uh-huh. language and they, they always feel uncomfortable uh-huh. and it's like I understand that it's uncomfortable uh-huh. for people um, because in my life it, it's been like a lot of people have come to uh-huh. visit like don't speak another language oh. around us because uh-huh. we feel uncomfortable but i don't have a problem with it uh-huh. at all because like uh, you know i worked with some filipinos uh-huh. for a while and they're always speaking in in uh-huh. tagalog or uh-huh, exactly. another dialect and it never bothered me uh-huh. at all um because i just that's just never uh-huh. been a thing it's just i've grown up around that kind uh-huh. of situation a lot so uh-huh. it doesn't bother me But for other people, it can be really uh, frustrating. No sabía eso. Yeah, some people really do have that. Lo que me pasa bastante con mis amigos de Brasil es cuando encuentro una persona que habla español. Normalmente hablamos, incluso la persona que habla español, hablamos en portugués porque queremos que todo el mundo se siente confortable, pero a ellos les parece interesante cuando hablamos en español. Oh, yeah, that, that uh-huh. happens, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think particularly Brazilians, they don't mind when two Spanish speakers are speaking in uh-huh. Spanish because they understand like 70% of the conversation. Uh-huh. And they want to learn parece... something, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So they feel like, okay, I, I caught some words there. I, uh-huh. I, I, I feel cool. But what I, what I refer to is like if, if you're speaking in, a, in, for example, if we're speaking Spanish in front uh-huh. of Japanese people, they probably, they just think, oh, it's just foreigners talking. Uh-huh. They don't really worry about it. Exacto. But in the United States, I've heard like this whole thing was like, where it's, like people will get be all confrontational. Whoa. And uh-huh. they'll be like, oh, stop speaking Spanish. You know, like they'll uh-huh. say that to people like 
who are speaking in Spanish. And like, I kind of understand how they feel because uh -huh. it's not the first time that that's happened to me uh -huh. in different situations. Uh -huh. Like I know that uh, I was around some British people uh -huh. and uh, speaking in, I don't remember what language it was, uh -huh. but they didn't speak uh, uh, the language that, that uh -huh. I was speaking. And they said like, could you guys just please speak in English? Because we, we both do speak English. Uh -huh. So, you know, there's really no point. Oh, I and I was, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, when it, when I was in Panama, uh -huh. the Spanish speakers had no problem saying, no, 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 no English here. You speak uh -huh. in Spanish, like uh -huh. to, 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 to us uh -huh. when we were there. So I, I understand that it goes both ways. It's uh -huh. not like, exactly. it's not like, but it's just like a, a human feeling that they feel uh -huh. uncomfortable with that. Es, yeah. es muy I think for us that are polyglots, we don't really uh -huh. feel that way at all because we're like, uh -huh. oh, cool, a new language. Like, what, what, can I pick uh -huh. out some words? I know that's how I feel when I hear Filipinos uh -huh. talking. I'm always like, Where, where's the Spanish words? Where's uh -huh. the Spanish words? Where's the well, there's an English one. There's an English uh -huh. <laughs> but, uh, Es muy interesante. Creo que las personas que tienen más interés en idiomas o en culturas. Right. And if you're no not interested in uh -huh. that and you're only monolingual, uh -huh. that's like... Puede ser diferente. It's pretty tough. Uh -huh. It's pretty tough. Like... I know that monolingual people, they generally have no concept uh -huh. of foreign language. Like, if, they, uh -huh. if, you, if you only speak one language, uh -huh. they really have no concept uh -huh. of what other languages are. Whoa. The, Deberíamos invitar alguna vez un... Monolingual? Yeah. Where are we going to find one? <laughs> like, even the Japanese, like, we might call them monolingual because they're not great at English. Uh -huh. But they kind of understand uh -huh. some things uh -huh. in English because there's so many cognates. Uh -huh. Creo que eh, los japoneses tienen un gran conocimiento de lo que es lectura uh -huh. de inglés. Right. Pero no tanto hablar o escuchar. Right. No lo tienen muy desarrollado. Right. Uh -huh. But it's like even, even all the Brazilians over here, they all know at least what they call like... Um, uh, factory language or you uh -huh, know like exacto. or business like where, uh -huh. whatever business they're in they uh -huh. know the Japanese for that uh -huh. business so it's like that's even hard to find uh -huh. where it's like monolingual here in Japan uh -huh. is really hard to find I think sería interesante si nos estás escuchando y solo lo en idioma Queremos uh, hacer un podcast contigo. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I, I don't think there's anybody monolingual listening to this bilingual podcast, but there are. Good job. You're, you're, you're taking on a very difficult task. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I do nothing but uh, uh, love you because you've, you've done uh, this big step forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me parece interesante porque siempre me crié en una casa donde no hablamos solamente un idioma. Entonces, para mí siempre fue normal. Yeah, me mm -hmm. too. That was always my... I, I, I grew up around Tongans. I grew up uh -huh. around... My upbringing is really kind of crazy, uh -huh. like linguistically speaking. Mm -hmm. I grew up around people with all different types of mm -hmm. languages. There were Irish people around that, that like, spoke mm -hmm. Irish. And, like, I, I had exposure mm -hmm. to some Irish words. Like, mm -hmm. it's really quite, uh, you know, interesting to me mm -hmm. as well. And, yeah, Tongan and, um, uh, of course, Mexican and, mm -hmm. and Americans as well. So, yeah, it's interesting. Una cosa que encontré cuando estaba en la escuela fue así, que cuando me interesaba alguna cosa de Estados Unidos o de Japón, mm -hmm. me veían como si fuera, eh, en Perú lo llaman alienado, que les gusta una cosa diferente, que no sea peruana, que no sea español. Ah, alienado, means uh -huh. like you're, you're alien? Yeah, you can. Okay. Estás interesado en cosas que. That are different. 
que son ah, diferentes sí. o que te hacen, eh, te hacen pensar diferente. Contenido con buena calidad, como siempre. Yeah, thank you and have a good day. Thank you, chao.